0: Hello, I'm Eric LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about unity, so stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome, welcome to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, as of now, I am officially um, able to receive donations from listeners like you. If you wanted to contribute to this particular um, podcast, that would be great. But I honestly do not do this for money. Um, If I did, I would be very much homeless at this point. But um, that is okay because I'm doing it because this is what God has called me to be and uh, to do. So without further ado, we'll continue to talk about unity Today is the 2nd of August, people. Can you believe that it is already August? I am just blown away by that. But maybe it's just also because I've had such a crazy past uh, few months. Um, So glad that we are kind of slowing down, but also ramping up because my children will be going back to school, I believe, in a couple of weeks. I think they go back to school on the 12th and I start my job as a... Uh, school bus driver for a pub, uh, private school on the 11th of August. So, um, ramping up to get ready to do that. Again, I'm excited to see all my kids on the bus. And today I am talking about Unity. I was, as I do every week, really praying about it and just observing my surroundings. And um, Unity is what really came to mind. And it's kind of a, I don't know, almost a cliche to even talk about it because it's a very, in-depth conversation and subject, um, unity is, especially when it comes to, uh, the body of believers, because on one hand we want to be unified, but on the other hand, Yeshua said he did not come <laughs> to unify us. Um, so it's, it's kind of a fine line and, and complicated conversation. Um, the reason I was thinking about it this past weekend, um, our rabbi officially retired, you know, um, Ben and I have, um, been set in as the new congregational leaders, but this past weekend was his official retirement and birthday party that we had at our congregation. And it was just beautiful and it was wonderful. There were so many people that I know he hadn't seen in years. Um, people that hadn't, um, had stopped coming to the congregation. Um, Instead of having about 30 or 60 people, we had, you know, 80 to 100 people. And it was just really nice. And I know that the rabbi really appreciated it. But it really what came to mind and what kept the spirit kept hitting my head was unity, unity, unity. And I'm like, what exactly do you mean by that? But if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. So the church universal, we have a really big problem with unity. Um, our nation. We have a really big problem with unity. Um, but I think it goes down to our foundation. Where are we in our walk with God? Where are we with our walk with Yeshua, with the Holy Spirit living inside of us? Um, so often, you know, there's, I don't know, what is it, like 4,000, 6,000 different uh, Christian alone, just Christian denominations. Um And why are there so many dominations? Because there was a division of some kind causing them to divide from whatever denomination they were before previously. Um, It's funny because, you know, I was talking to Ben about this and we were having a great conversation. Our kids are actually really frustrated with with me because, as you know, I pre-record this a day in advance. So it's actually the first of August for me. And... Ben and I were in our bedroom and I was just going over Ephesians four, which in the tree of life version, their title for Ephesians four is unity of the body and of God. And we were going over it like verse by verse and just talking about it. And we were doing it for like an hour and it was fantastic. And honestly, it's something I want to implement not only with my husband, but also with my children, because that is one area that we are weak in our walk is we need to do devotionals Um, with our children, as a family, and then also as a married couple, um, really want to dive into the word of God. And so Ben and I, you know, I was like, babe, we should totally be doing this on a regular basis. He's like, yeah, I know. This is awesome. I'm like, great, let's do it. (laughs) So hopefully pray for us. We will actually implement this. Um, But it was awesome. We were talking about it. My kids came in. They're like, we thought you were doing your podcast. So we were being quiet. And um which was really great. They were, they were being very quiet so Ben and I could have our time um in the word of God. So it was fantastic. But um reading this and, and going verse by verse and discussing it and being like, okay, why is it that the church is so divided? And I'm going to go ahead and read to you portions of it, all of it actually, but uh, piece by piece. It's Um, Starting in verse one, it says, therefore, I prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you were called with complete humility and gentleness, with patience, putting up with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Ruach in the bond of Shalom. So in the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And it's funny because I I love their... uh, Their interpretation of it is putting up with one another in love because how often, even with our own families, but also in the body of of believers, do we put up with each other in love? Because let's be honest, there are so many different personalities. It's really hard, really hard for us to get along with each other. And um, we all have very different opinions and different personalities. That's why you have so many people falling away from different churches or you have people who are church hoppers. Where they don't agree with something, so they move on to another church, and then they find something they don't agree with at that church, they move on to another church. Um, And that's kind of what I want to talk about today a little bit because you can't have unity in the body if you don't acknowledge that you are part of a body. Now, for example, like there are so many more people at our synagogue, at our congregation this past weekend to honor the rabbi and, and, thank him for his years of service of being the shepherd of our congregation. But where have a lot of these people been? Now, some of them have moved away and some of them, you know, Adonai has called them to another place, to another congregation, to another body of believers. But a whole lot of them still live. Shoot, they live closer than the rabbi or... That ben and I live to the congregation. They still live there, but they choose not to come and to not be part of our congregation, to be part of our body of believers. Why? A lot of times it's because of of petty differences, not salvation issues. Petty differences in our in our beliefs of how we are interpreting the Bible. You know, one example is um, our congregation. We meet in a Baptist church. We do not own the building. Therefore, when it comes to typical Christian holidays, like Christmas and Easter, they set up and they have decorations for that. One of them being a Christmas tree during Christmas. And we had a family who was so offended by that, that they chose to no longer attend Besimka. Simca. They still live in the area, but they chose to no longer attend Besimka. I'm sorry, our congregation because of that. I try to make a point of not doing names. um, So I apologize for that slip, but to not attend our congregation because of it. Now, to me, that says that's a, you're not being righteous. You're being self-righteous because you know that this building does not belong to us. And so we have to be um, in deference to them and in honoring them for allowing us to be in their building. We cannot tell them, hey, you can't have that Christmas tree there because it goes against our beliefs. You can't do that. It's just, it. it you can't do that. It's, it, it makes no sense. So to me, it's like you're looking for a reason to no longer having to be part of that body of believers. There's obviously a deeper issue there. It's not about the Christmas tree. I think there might've been something else there where you're angry or upset about someone. So let's continue reading in uh, Ephesians 4, uh, b- verse 4 now. There's one body and one ruach just as you also were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one immersion, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace was given in keeping with the measure of Messiah's gift. Therefore, it says, when he went up on high, he led captives, captive a troop of captives and gave gifts to his people. Now, what does it mean he went up? Mean, except that he first went down to the lower regions of the earth. The one who came down is the same one who went up far above all the heavens in order to fill all things. He himself gave some to be emissaries, some as prophets, some as proclaimers of the good news, and some as shepherds and teachers to equip the Kereshim, the holy ones, for the work of service, for building up the body of Messiah. So he has called each and every one of us with different callings and different gifts. You know, Ben and I were talking about this before, obviously our our, hour long conversation, if not more, um, talking about how, you know, when you become saved, you become a believer in Yeshua. Not only are you to profess that and bring others to that knowledge, but you also are given gifts through the Holy Spirit. Now, you are obviously, as a human being, created uniquely in the image of God, but each of us have unique gifts. And whether or not you're saved, we are all gifted with something. We all have um, certain things that we are really great at. Some of us can be really great at cooking. Some of us may be really great in um, math and be able to do finances really well. Some of us may be a carpenter or a stonemason or um, deal with electric, be able to um, be gifted in electricity. Some of us have other gifts like singing or being really well-versed in um, just musical instruments. Um, the problem is this. If you are a part of the body and you're not implementing those gifts. Now, the Holy Spirit also, on top of that, not only does he heighten those gifts you've already gotten, when the Holy Spirit lives within you, he also, I believe, gives you other gifts like prophecy and visions and um, teachings. He can heighten those things so that you can further the kingdom of God. And in doing so, glorify the Lord and what your gifts are, right? Right. And this all actually does have to do with unity. Um, The next uh, other verses are, This will continue until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of Ben Elohim, to mature adulthood, to the measure of the stature of Messiah's fullness. As a result, we are no longer to be like children tossed around by the waves and blown all over by every wind of teaching, By the trickery of men with cunning and deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all ways into Messiah, who is the head. From him the whole body is fitted and held together by every supporting ligament. The proper working of each individual part produces the body's growth for building itself up in love. Now if you have people in the body of believers in your particular congregation or your small group or whatever, who have the same gifts, that's not a problem. The problem is when one person decides that their gifting is more important than the others. We are called to be the body of Messiah. But the head of the body is always Yeshua. We are not to place ourselves above Yeshua. That is true even for um, rabbis and congregational leaders and pastors and whoever. We are not to be above Yeshua. And I think sometimes we clash when we see other people who have the same giftings as us. And we start coveting what they have and or think that we should have their job. Or you don't feel like your gifting is being used in the way that you want. And that can cause division, right? There are a lot of things that can co- cause division. Shoot, there's a denomination that split from another denomination because they're, they didn't like the color of their carpet. Yes, yes, as human beings, we can be that ridiculously petty. There's clearly no salvation issue. There's not even a biblical issue when it comes to the color of one's carpet. However... Because we choose to allow our flesh to supersede what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. We have this problem. Let's continue reading. we will go to verse 17. So I tell you this, indeed, I insist on it in the Lord. Walk no longer as the pagans do, stumbling around in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance in them due to the hardness of their heart. Since they are past feeling, they have turned themselves over to indecency for the practice of every kind of immorality with greed for more. That was one thing that Ben was really, uh, he talked about, he's like, you know, we really definitely need to discuss that. We have gotten to the point where we get past even being able to feel. And because we're we're having so much trouble being able to feel, we go to extremes to feel, which can be a very dangerous place. That's why you have people who have addictions. Because they go to extremes to feel something. Because they're just numb to life. Or they feel too much and they use that addiction to numb how they're feeling. It's, 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 uh, it's crazy how we as humans uh, react to certain situations. However, you did not learn Messiah in this way. If indeed you have heard him and were taught in him as the truth is in Yeshua. With respect to your former lifestyle you are to lay aside the old self corrupted by its deceitful desires, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. If we were truly putting away our own deceitful desires and allowing ourselves to be renewed in the spirit. And to be reminded that we are created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Those. Self important things that you think are important would no longer be important. Our focus would be what? On Adonai. Our focus would be on Yeshua and how we can possibly glorify him instead of glorifying ourselves. Verse 25 So lay aside lying and each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. That one is so. That one speaks to me so much because I am when you meet me, I, this is literally what you get is what you hear on this. What you see is what you get. I was talking to Ben about it because he is not like me. You know, it's, um, it's not that he's a liar, but truth telling is more difficult for him as it is with most people, quite frankly. Um, I believe that speaking the truth with your neighbor is a lot more helpful than holding things in. And it's so important to speak truth to one another. Now you do it in love, obviously, in kindness, but you speak truth. Twenty, Verse 26, be angry, yet do not sin. So anger is not a sin. It's what you do with your anger that can be a sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, nor give the devil a foothold. And how often do we give the devil a foothold in our lives and in our communities and in our congregations because we choose to be angry? And sometimes it's anger over something that not even the person has control over. Like, I'm angry at you because of what you just said about the word of God and how you interpreted it. Instead of sitting down and being like, hey, can we talk about this? I don't necessarily agree with how you Um, interpreted this portion of the Bible. And you know what? Sometimes it's okay to leave that conversation agreeing to disagree. You don't have to agree about everything. How many times have I said in our previous podcast, hey guys, um, the only person you're going to agree with 100% is probably yourself. That's it. You're never going to agree 100% with anyone else. So why in the world would you come into a congregation and expect to agree with 100% what the congregational leader is saying or what the rabbi is saying? That's, that's absurd. Like you can't do that in your own life. Why in the world would you expect that in the body of believers? It's okay to agree to disagree. Now, when it comes to salvation issues, not so much. The Bible is very clear about that, but you're allowed to disagree, but you can do so in love. Verse 28, the one who steals must steal no longer. Instead, he must work doing something useful with his own hands so that he may have something to share with the one who has need. Let no harmful word come out of your mouth, but only what is beneficial for building others up according to the need so that it gives grace to those who hear it. And I think that's a mistake too. You think that by staying silent when you have something you need to say is being beneficial. You can be beneficial and speak the truth without saying anything harmful. Now, typically that means that you don't need to speak on a whim. In the moment, it might mean that you need to pray and pray and then pray some more before you speak to that person about whatever issue it is that you're having. Do not grieve grieve the Ruach HaKodesh of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And how do you think that we grieve the Ruach HaKodesh? You talk about, remember, the gifts that, that we are given when we are given salvation. And the Ruach HaKodesh lives inside of us. I believe that the Ruach HaKodesh heightens what we already have inside of us, which is our conscience. And a lot of times that still small voice that says, hey, don't do this. This is wrong. That's your conscience. And then the Holy Spirit comes in and he heightens that and says, this is not what Adonai would want for you to do. This is not what's best for you. Do not do that. That would be what grieves the Holy Spirit. When you choose not to listen to that voice and choose to go ahead and do whatever you, whatever seems right in your own eyes, right? Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and quarreling and slander along with all malice. Now I have a person in my own life who I know still has something, a quarrel against me. Now, I have more than on one occasion apologized to this person and they say, oh, no, it's not. I'm not actually upset with you. It's not about, you know, I'm not upset with you. You don't need to apologize or we're good now. But every time I see this person, I know that there's something wrong and that they have something against me because of the way that they treat me. Or even the lack of the way that they treat me. They make a point of not being around me as much as possible. And then when they are around me, they're very distant. I'm sure each of us have had somebody in our lives who's like that. And so at this point, I'm like, Lord, I got to give it to you. I've done what you've called me to do. I've asked for forgiveness. I've apologized for any wrongdoing uh, that I've done towards this person. Now, if they choose not to accept it, that's on them, right? Instead, be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. That's the entire chapter, guys. I just read you the entire chapter. And how often do we need to do that in the body of Messiah? If we literally just follow what's in chapter four, there would be a whole lot more unity in the body of believers. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, if we all just went back to one denomination, we'd be Roman Catholic. Well, no. Actually, if we all went back to the 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 original body believers, we'd all be messianic believers. Why? Because the original people who followed Yeshua were followers of the way or considered messianic believers. They went back to what is the what does the Tanakh say? What does the Old Testament say? What do the prophets say? Everything that you find in the New Testament goes back to all of those those scrolls that they would follow as Jewish believers. Now, I'm not saying that you need to become Jewish, because in following Yeshua, we have been grafted into, we are spiritual Jews, as my rabbi likes to say. We are spiritual Jews now, because we have chosen to follow the greatest Jew of them all, Yeshua. Right? And if we choose to follow him, can we not also come together in unity and choose to follow him, setting aside all the man-made traditions that we have created amongst ourselves and simply follow what the word of God says. And I understand that the struggle is real. I struggled for years getting rid of my... um, Christian traditions, because I had such great connections with my family members and memories of my family members because of that. But in unity, coming together, that's why I love our Havara Havara group, our, our Bible study that we have at our home every other week. There are people who come from a Baptist church, from a Lutheran church, Messianic, we all come together to discuss the scripture. And that's the way that all congregations should be come together in spirit and truth united in our love for our father and yeshua and being being filled with the holy spirit wanting more and more of his presence like we talked about his presence last week right so i encourage you if you are not part of a body of believers and if it's because you chose not to be part of a body of believers because there's something that you just can't wrap your head around. But you haven't bothered to talk to those in charge so that maybe you could come together and discuss it so that you could have a better understanding. Because a lot of it, a lot of it, just like with, with a marriage, it's misunderstanding. It's miscommunication, right? So you might have heard one thing, but the pastor or the rabbi said something else. So let's come together in unity put away our petty differences, setting those aside, and choose to glorify the Lord together in unity. It breaks my heart to see the way that the church has divided against each other, just in inside. And it's like, let's get back to the scripture. Let's not fight over or nitpick over what the word of the Lord says. If we were to truly come together and discuss, like we have that such a problem, especially in this nation, we can't even discuss things now. Because if you disagree with someone, you're automatically labeled something, right? If you disagree with somebody's lifestyle, they're, they're living in the gay lifestyle, then you're automatically a homophobe, right? but that's not what the word of God says. It says, look, you can disagree with the way somebody's living, but you could still love them, right? That's for a whole nother podcast. If you want me to go ahead and get into that, I will definitely absolutely get in that. Um, keep in mind, I grew up in Massachusetts, so I've been there, done that, y'all. So um, I'm happy to have that conversation. I would love for you guys to go ahead and email me about ideas or even questions that you have that maybe I can help delve into the world word and help you answer whatever questions you might have. Um, I encourage you to do that yourselves, but if you're still not quite sure it's good, this is exactly what, what causes unity for us to have conversations, to have discussions. What exactly is it that we need to do Lord to glorify your name? And I know he does not sit down his throne and say, are they seriously arguing about the color of a carpet? Are they really, you know, are they leaving that congregation that loves them because a Christmas tree was in, a, you know, was where it should? they didn't want it to be? Like, come on, like, let's all come together. Let's come together and love each other in spirit and truth. And then loving Yeshua in spirit and truth. You cannot truly love the father if you can't love your neighbor. Loving does not mean bowing down to their beliefs. Okay, there's discipline involved with with love, right? Discipline and obedience. But we can still choose to be loving, as in being kind and gracious, as it tells us to do. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God and Messiah also forgave you. I'm not telling you to be a doormat. And neither is the word. You can be loving and honest and truthful and kind. All those things can go together. In humility, let's set aside our pride and come and wash each other's feet and in humility, love each other and love God. Now, as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with an ironic blessing. You can find this in Numbers, verse, uh, chapter 7, verses 24 to 26. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face his countenance upon you, toward you, and grant you His peace. Bless Shem Yeshua Shalom in the name of Yeshua the Prince of Peace. Amen. Now, even there, remember, I'm a human being, and yes, I did mess that up a little bit, but it's okay. God still loves me, and He knows where my heart is at, and He knows that I wasn't doing it maliciously. Right? We're just we're imperfect people, all just trying to live in an imperfect world, and we need to remember that. And still love each other in unity. Call each other on our sins, that's fine, but still love each other with humility and kindness. May you have a blessed week, and I will see you again next time. Please feel free to message me at messymessianicmama.com or you can email me at elmmm3 at protonmail.com. That's E is an echo. L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, Amazon Mike, Amazon Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one-minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica Lacasse, and it should have a button right there to say leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.